0: Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie.
1: And I'm Art. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure.
0: Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places close to our home. Wherever we go... We'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures.
1: This is the Places Where We Go podcast. Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. We have recently returned from a trip to London, a place of history, culture, and many fun activities. In today's episode, we're going to share some of our favorite fun things to do from our most recent trip in this fantastic city. Grab a cup of coffee or your favorite beverage and listen along as we tell you about some of London's fun adventures, and you might just hear something to include in your next visit to London. But before we begin, I just want to tell you about our weekly travel tips and news newsletter. You can visit the link in the show notes to subscribe. It's 100% free, and we bring you weekly information to inspire your wanderlust, plus travel tips to save you time, money, and stress. We would love it if you subscribe to the newsletter so we can stay connected with you. And now, let's get the show on the road.
0: We're going to walk you through a few things that we saw on our second trip to London. Some really fun stuff that you might enjoy also. So the first thing that we're going to share is the Tower Bridge tour. We had been to or near walked over the Tower Bridge on our first trip. But we never did the tour, so we went back this time and reserved a tour beforehand. This was actually our first stop on this trip. And the Tower Bridge is an iconic symbol of London that spans the River Thames. And it has been standing proudly in the city for over 130 years. We got off the tube somewhere within walking distance of the Tower Bridge, but we did get a little... Shall we say lost? Yeah,
1: I I got kind of moving in the wrong direction.
0: And I would just rely on you for directions, so I just follow. We seem to have passed the street that we were supposed to turn on, went too far, and then had to stop and ask somebody how to get to the Tower Bridge, and she was really super nice. Mm -hmm. And was going in the, right, in the same direction, and she just walked along with us. We, yeah, we had a great conversation walked and talked
1: for a bit, and figure like if we bumped into somebody who lives in London, which most of the people on the street were the locals, they know where the Tower Bridge is. Yeah, so, so
0: she put us in the right direction on the right street, and off we go. It was very close, actually, but I think visually we couldn't see it from where we were at. So if you didn't have the visual, it was just hard to know what direction to go in. In our last visit to London, we walked over the Tower Bridge on our way to the Tower of London, which we stayed quite a long time at. So we didn't get a chance to do much of anything else, and we decided this time that we were going to take one of the guided tours inside the Tower Bridge, and it was a great idea. We had a great time. We did purchase the tickets before we visited to guarantee our entry into the Tower Bridge. And we recommend arriving early for those who have pre-purchased tickets to locate the tour meeting point because we were unsure as we were walking across the bridge exactly where we were supposed to meet.
1: Yeah, we ended up walking initially on one side of the bridge. It turned out that the meeting point was on the other side. And once you start walking... Across the river, you can't just cross the road in the middle. You have to like kind of basically commit to walk from one side of the river to the other side of the river. Then you cross the street and then you can start to hoof your way back, which is what we had to do yeah. so and
0: it wasn't yeah. that long it's It's just that even when we passed the entrance, we were pretty sure that was yeah. the area, but we didn't see a lot of people so yeah. We weren't sure exactly if that was the entry or if there was some other entry. So it took us a little bit of time to figure that out. So that's why we recommend that you get there a little bit early. Yep. So once we got inside, we first climbed 77 steps to get to our meeting point. There are informational displays while waiting, including the scuba diving equipment used back in the day for divers who helped build the caissons. There is an elevator for those that feel intimidated by 77 steps to get to that first meeting place. So no worries about that. We met up with our tour guide, Kevin, and he led us on a 90-minute tour. He was so informative, loved his job. We had a great time with him. And he provided so much information about the bridge's history, its design and construction, the maintenance of the bridge, and the changes throughout the years. He was just Full of all kinds of insights and a great, great tour guide for us. We made our way up the towers, seeing unforgettable views from the high-level walkways that were over the Thames. The highlight of this walkway was this glass floor that was placed right in the middle of this walkway. And it had views of the traffic below. It was an optional experience for those that aren't really frightened of heights. The three-inch-thick glass bottom walkway was installed in 2014 on the high bridge between the two towers to celebrate the bridge's 120th anniversary.
1: And looking down, on the one hand, I knew it was this solid surface But for somebody like me, I am scared of heights. It plays a bit of a mind game. Oh, for sure. Right, with you?
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and there were many people that were in that same type of feeling. They just could not step on it. There's on each side of this walkway, what about like a foot? Maybe like a foot. A foot on each side of the walkway was solid mm-hmm. ground. Well, you, well, you, you could, couldn't see through. Yeah. You couldn't see through it. So you could walk on each side of that. And you saw people that just absolutely just could not go on the glass no matter what. And they just scooted along the sides of the glass. Yep. And uh, for me, it was incredible. <laughs> it was, I knew it was solid. So I think knowing that in my head, it was just like, Hey, I'm going for it. You
1: know, I don't know when I heard three inches in my mind. Three inches doesn't sound like super thick,
0: but it's engineered in I'm, a way that it's I it's know. not going to break through. I know,
1: but it's still it looks freaky when you're looking down and you see the cars below and the people walking below, and you're so up high above everything. And
0: had so fantastic views. Though yeah. And, oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had a hard time doing the walk, and you were just about doing a song and dance up there. <laughs>
0: I sat on it. You did. I sat on it. You took pictures. Yes. yes. It was pretty cool. It really was. And believe me, it is, it is something that a lot of people have fear of heights. I myself have a fear of heights in the sense that if I feel like there's a fall danger, if I get freaked out. Yeah. I get totally freaked out. But this, mm-hmm. I didn't have that sense. Yeah.
1: But it, it was a pretty cool experience. It was. And like you it said, was. the views were
0: fantastic. They were great. I loved it. We did learn a few interesting things during our tour, including transportation history through the years in London. As the Tower Bridge's construction made it easier for the growing population of London many decades ago to cross the river during Victorian times. And there was wonderful pictures back then of people dressed in Victorian clothing and the transportation was horse and buggy and it was just awesome to see those pictures
1: they even had some black and white movie mm-hmm. footage from way back in the day probably like from silent movie era 1920s or so yeah it was yeah it was very
0: really unusual like to have that yeah. and to have it preserved like they did so that was really really cool And we also learned that the colors of the bridge have changed over the decades, which was a surprise to me. Originally, it was brown. During World War II, it was painted gray and returned to brown after the war. But since the 1970s, Diamond Jubilee for the Queen, it has remained in red, white, and blue colors. It's very predominantly blue.
1: It's very picturesque, and I think in the colors that it has today, it makes for fantastic photos it's, of a bridge. One of the yeah. best
0: photos I ever took was that—that yep. that, when the Colosseum in Rome.
1: Yeah, it's uh, on one of one of our walls in our house. Yep, yeah.
0: it is. The construction team that worked on this were working at heights that were up to sixty meters without safety harnesses, and unbelievably. 10 people lost their lives and 29 were seriously injured. But again, when you see those pictures of them working up on this bridge at unbelievable heights, you would think that there might have been more lost because it was scary looking. And we learned that the Tower Bridge raises nearly 850 times per year. That was another thing that kind of surprised me. That would be just over twice a day. Now, to get through this bridge, you do have to tell the operators beforehand that you're coming through. And I think it's significantly a, a lot of time beforehand.
1: Yeah, there's a whole process for it. And apparently, to get the crossing to happen, it's my understanding is it's free. But there's this communication procedure that ships have to go through.
0: Right. But we have, in our two times there, we did not see that event happen.
1: Yeah. Next time we go, we're going to just sit on the sidelines there and wait for that bridge to go up and down. Yeah, it would be pretty awesome.
0: We also got into the engine rooms that was included in the tour. And we saw some of the original Victorian steam engines. And if you you like that type of engineering, it was pretty pretty cool. Mm Mm-hmm. The tickets were 27 pounds in English money at the time that we went, and the Tower Bridge is an excellent spot for photographs. We got some amazing photographs, and it makes for a great photo setting and a memorable stroll from one side of the Thames to the other side.
1: Yeah. So I think for most tourists in London, you'll probably end up at some point somewhere near the Tower Bridge. Again, as you mentioned, very iconic place. I would absolutely recommend if you can squeeze out a few hours in your itinerary, book a tour, go inside because it's pretty spectacular Mm -hmm. to see the inside workings of the bridge.
0: All right, let's move on to one of your favorite parts.
1: Number two on our list, we have Piccadilly Circus, located in the heart of London, and it feels like a place that's the heartbeat of the city. This is an iconic intersection and landmark that features all kinds of things, shopping, dining, entertainment, and perhaps most of all, if you're into it, people watching opportunities because there are there's probably more people gathered in this place at least you know through the times that we've been to London than just about anywhere else you'll find plenty of funky independent shops fascinating stores and a great nightlife in the area as well It's close to popular theater venues such as the world-famous London Palladium, many bars and restaurants, and it's within easy walking distance of some of the well-known city landmarks such as the London Eye, Trafalgar Square, and Big Ben, and we're going to talk about some of those as we continue this in a bit. On a typical day, plenty of tourists are taking selfies with the famous neon signs that line the streets around Piccadilly Circus. And if you want London souvenirs, you're going to find plenty of those kind of shops in this area. And this is also a place where you're probably going to find street performers to keep you entertained and or otherwise amused during your visit to this area. I think when we were there, there was uh, some kind of... I'm going to call it like a quasi-protest thing going on, mm-hmm, and there's mm-hmm. always some kind of action and activity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when we were here, I did set up my recording device to get some soundscapes from the area, and they will be making an appearance on my next album, which is in the works. Julie. Really? Yes, yes. So stand by.
0: Really? I'm
1: going to say three or four months. It's going your to be your album. Yep. It's going to be very interesting. Surprise,
0: surprise. Yes,
1: yeah, I'm going to. It's going to be really interesting
0: oh now you got me all excited about it
1: and it's going to include the sounds of london okay yes for and it's going to all make sense (laughs) to some people (laughs) but that's for down the road piccadilly circus is a place that genuinely encapsulates london's vibrancy and it's one of those places where you're going to want to get some photos of your time in london
0: Within a few blocks of Piccadilly Circus, we're going to talk about another area of London, which is called Chinatown. Yeah,
1: and we totally missed it last yep. time we were in the absolutely. city. Absolutely. And how could we have missed it? I don't I know. Don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, we just kind of stumbled yep. into it, and it was absolutely fascinating there. We took a walk around Chinatown and we just kind of soaked everything up. It was very vibrant. There was lots of Chinese like decorations that were strung across the streets from business to business. And it was just, it had a really good feel to it. Yeah, I really liked it. A
1: lot of energy, a lot of action, lots of food all over the place. Oh, if you
0: want Chinese food, this is the place to be in London. I can't imagine there's any better place to be if you want Chinese food or just to soak up all that atmosphere. Chinatown is home to many talented street performers who provide an exciting atmosphere throughout the day. We listened to two gals that were busking on the pedestrian street. We not only listened, we kind of waited around for them to start. It took them a while to get started, but I really wanted to... um, wait to hear them because I just, they fascinated me.
1: Yeah. I think we learned that the the two gals that we were listening to apparently was the very first time that they were playing together
0: in public. They always busk, they were busking in different areas. And they met up and they decided to do it together. And they were
1: fantastic. Yeah, one played guitar, one played the violin. There was singing. Yeah. And a lot of fun.
0: It good. Yeah. Chinatown is an excellent place for photographers, too. This area is full of colorful buildings and interesting architectural details just some great photos can come out of this area. As we said, it's very festive. It has oriental decorations overhead and the Chinese eateries on all sides from food varieties to excellent sit down options. It's worth exploring on foot and taking in the sights and sounds.
1: Yes, don't miss Chinatown. Mm -hmm. Moving on to number four and we're gonna try to give you a feel for this, but London, if you like shopping, London is a fantastic place for doing that, and there's so many options for you. The city is a global fashion capital and offers lots of shopping opportunities. It almost seems like every street in the city provides something unique, and we're going to give you just a few of the shopping highlights and a few of the areas, and here we go. So Covent Garden. This is a place that has hosted a market for centuries and still operates to this day. You'll find market stalls with handmade goods and crafts, various affordable clothing and souvenirs, and you'll find big-name stores including Apple, H&M, The Body Shop, and many more, nearly 300 shops, making it one of the busiest shopping locations in London. And if you love cheese, one of the best cheese shops in the city is here, Neil's Yard Dairy.
0: Next would be Oxford Street, and it is known as London's High Street. It has clothes, accessories, shoes, everything to cover you from head to toe.
1: You can move on to Bond Street if you want some luxury, and you're going to find high-end designer labels from Burberry, Louis Vuitton, Tiffany Company, Michael Kors.
0: Let's move on to Regent Street. That is the most aesthetically pleasing shopping area. It's where you can enjoy impressive Christmas displays in December, And you'll find the largest toy store in London. It is a must-stop if you are traveling with kids.
1: Then there's this place called the Burlington Arcade. It's a step back in time. It's a shopping arcade that's nearly 200 years old. It features shops with very costly goods. As we were strolling through the streets of London, we wandered into this arcade, me with my iPhone on a stick with my microphone, thinking I'd pick up some video footage from our vacation, And just a few steps into Burlington Arcade, a security person approaches me and says, Hey, is that for social media? You can't be here for social media. And I say, What, me? Social media? Of course not. (laughs) Uh, Or, well, we'll see.
0: Yeah, that was an interesting arcade because... You got stopped. There was somebody that was very upset that was coming out, and I wasn't yeah. sure what was going on. Yeah. I put the it, phone
1: away, but as we made yeah. our way through there, I mean, there was, like, really, really super pricey jewelry super, stores. Super, so, pricey. So I kind of got that, yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, let's move on to Knightsbridge. That's where you find prestigious fashion names from Prada, Gucci, Burberry, and Agent Provocateur. If you want high-end fashion... Knightsbridge delivers, and you'll find two of the best-known department stores in Europe here, Harvey Nichols and Harrods.
1: We walked right by, and we didn't go in.
0: No, we didn't.
1: Next time, Julie, we're going <laughs> to Harrods, and I don't know if we're, if we're going to be talking about this later, but it was that day when we were walking by all those stores that you decided late that evening that you'd like to go dress shopping, mm-hmm. and that was like, after all the stores were closed. So we could have gone to Harrods and bought you a dress. Mm-hmm. The last place we're going to mention for shopping, Savile Row. It's where you're going to find the finest tailors in England. Celebrities come here for custom suits, and you can get something swanky for yourself here as well. Many of the high-end shops here are by appointment only. We walked by this after Mm -hmm. visiting one of the things we're going to talk about in just a second here. Yeah, if you want spiffy clothes, Savile Row will uh, have you covered.
0: Yes, I remember it was around this time as we were walking through Saville Road and Burlington Arcade and all those areas that I decided that I was wanting to get a dress or a skirt or something along those lines because I had noticed that there seems to be a different dress code in England than we have in America. And I thought, this is cool. I like this. And The women were wearing dresses.
1: I haven't seen that many dresses, and I can't tell you how long.
0: It was very refreshing. You know, some of them were very dressed down. They had skirts with tennis shoes, but it just, I don't know, I liked it. So in my mind, I'm like, I think I want some kind of dress. But by that time, everything was closing, so I was kind of out of luck. Yeah.
1: But we did set you up. I think it was like the next day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Took us a few stores. Yeah but well, we got you, I think, a couple of
0: items. Should have gone to Harrods.
1: I'm going to move on to number five fun thing to do in London. We mentioned Savile Row. Yes, you can get lots of clothes on Savile Row, but the street is famous for something else as well. There's a point of historical interest on this street in the exclusive Mayfair District at number three, Savile Row. That's the building where on January 30th, 1969... The Beatles gave their last performance ever. Today, a blue plaque commemorates the event outside the building. And the building attracts tourists just like us who stop by to remember the history that sounded through the air so many decades ago. Back in 1969, hearing the sound of the music, hundreds of people gazed up and listened, and probably nobody knew that that would be the final opportunity to hear the Beatles play. We stopped here, got our photos, though we arrived nearly 55 years too late to hear the music live. But there's still a sense of, there's that vibe that you can almost kind of of still feel it. The rooftop performance lives on in the film Let It Be, which you can still watch today. I've seen that a few times and it was neat to be there.
0: Yes, and if you watch that and you see the reaction of the people in the streets... And the police officers, or what do they call them, Bobbies, whatever, were that that were there to stop them, it was hysterical. Yeah. It yeah. was a hysterical moment. Yeah. Watch the movie, and yeah. then if you ever get to London, stop by Savile Row. There's another fun stop that we wandered around and through and in, and that's the Buckingham Palace Gardens. Our last trip, we actually took a tour through Buckingham Palace, but this time we just were going around the gardens in that area. So if you're going to London and you plan ahead, you can book yourself a tour inside the palace or schedule your visit to see the changing of the guards. As I said, we did that on our prior visit, so this time we really didn't feel the need to explore the palace again. But we did have a great time walking through, by the palace and into the gardens and exploring the gardens in the area. The gardens have lots of fountains, water features, many, many tourists. So you kind of have to navigate through that also, but it is very beautiful. Mm -hmm. We did wander down a walkway called the Mall into St. James Park. It has immaculate grounds and is home to some of England's most beautiful flowers and trees. The oasis was a peaceful backdrop for a relaxing afternoon. We wandered through the serene oasis, and we watched the green parrots in the trees overhead, which is so cool, and the many waterfowl that are swimming in the lake and the beautiful rose gardens that surround it. It was a nice, relaxing afternoon for us. So after that relaxing and some people watching, we wandered to a cafe on the grounds where you'll also find the always-necessary restroom facilities – and you could also partake in an afternoon tea with cakes and pastries. It's the perfect setting for afternoon refreshments, just steps away from His Majesty's Palace. And if you keep walking from St. James Park, we're going to talk about number seven, which is the Westminster Abbey and Big Ben area, the walking area in that part of the city. So as you keep walking, you'll find yourself Near this iconic London landmark, which includes the Westminster Abbey, Big Ben, and the London Eye. Walking through this area is an excellent way to enjoy legendary sights. The sheer size of Parliament will leave you in awe. On the left, you'll be able to marvel at the grandeur of Big Ben, which we didn't see last time.
1: Yeah, last time we were there, was covered in scaffolding. Yeah, and, they were yeah. doing
0: some kind yeah. of work on it. So this is the first time we actually saw yep. Big Ben.
1: And Ben is pretty big.
0: It's very big, and it chimes at the top of every hour, and it makes a quick chime or sound every 15 minutes. On your right stands Westminster Abbey, one of the oldest Gothic churches in England.
1: Yeah, and we've been inside before.
0: Yeah, so we didn't go this time. Yeah, also highly recommended, mm-hmm. yeah. This area has many other historical landmarks, such as St. Margaret's Church and Victoria Tower Gardens. As you wander the streets, you can visit some of the quaint pubs, their souvenir shops, or simply just people watch from the many, many benches that surround the area. It's an excellent area for a stroll no matter the time of day and where you'll want to snap many photos to capture your memories.
1: And if you keep walking from this area, you'll end up at what we have as number eight on our list of fun things to do in the city. And that's just taking a stroll on the south bank of the Thames. It's where you can get a reprieve from the hustle and bustle of the city streets. You can take in some art at Tate Modern or explore the nearby borough market for culinary delights. Fantastic place. We're going to do a deeper dive into that on our next podcast. But as you're walking down this area, you can also head east and enjoy the view from Shakespeare's Globe Theatre. You can do just lots and lots of walking. And one of the things that just you know, I keep remembering about our time in London is I think on most days we averaged at least 22 to 25,000 mm-hmm. steps a day mm-hmm. when we looked at our Apple devices at the end of the day. So it's a great walking city. And one of the great places to walk is by the river. And if you're feeling adventurous, why not jump on one of the boats that navigate up and down the river? It's an ideal way to get a taste of the city's remarkable architecture.
0: Another great walking place is number nine on our list, Hyde Park. Walking through Hyde Park when in London is just about a must. We walked through the entirety of the park. We spent time just lying on the grass and sitting on the benches, watching people go by as we like to do. The immense grounds made it an ideal location for spending leisure time. There are also plenty of benches here if you'd like to take a break and just relax. And, to our surprise, for a small fee, you can even rent chairs to make your experience even more comfortable.
1: Yeah, we were walking by, we saw all these chairs, the same kind of chairs set up, and I think I thought that, geez, this is so nice of London to make these sitting areas available. And then we learned that it, it wasn't quite so complimentary.
0: I don't think it was a large fee. But
1: no, but you do have to pay to sit in the yeah. Uh, yeah. relaxy chairs.
0: And the- we, we kept wondering, how do they know that you came and sat on a chair and, and haven't paid yet? And as we were walking by, we saw whoever, the entrepreneur that decided to do this, yeah. come running up to a couple, and he he had some device in his Hands, so we were like, oh, they're watching. Yeah,
1: the benches are free, though. Yes, they are. The tenth thing that we're going to suggest as a fun thing to do in London is the theater scene. The theater scene in London is vibrant. You'll find many live theater shows, ranging from traditional classic plays to modern musicals and everything in between. London offers world renowned productions to smaller, less well known theatrical performances on the West End. It's home to London's most popular and successful shows, including musicals, comedies, dramas, and more. And you'll find famous plays and musicals here like Wicked and Mamma Mia. If you want to add some theater to your time in London, you're going to have lots and lots and lots of shows to choose from. So that's 10 things you can do in London. The thing about London is there's probably 100 things, 200 things, Tons of things.
0: Yeah, it's endless.
1: Yeah. These are 10 that we wanted to share, things that we've bumped into during our recent time. Just fantastic city.
0: We were a little bit stunned at at our reaction to the city the second time around. I mean, I enjoyed London the first time we went also, but this time was a little bit of an eye-opener for me because I just loved this city. I fell in love with the city. Yeah.
1: I, I walked away from London. I mentioned to you, it became my favorite city of any place we've, any big city that we've ever yeah, visited. Right, right. And we visited yeah. and we've been to many, many in the United States. We've been to, you know, a number in Europe. We have not been to Paris. So we have to go there yes, to see how we right. feel it compares. But, right. you know, of the places we've been to, we are uh, just fascinated with London. Yes, and I'm I'm looking forward to a third trip.
0: I, I think it should be one of those trips where it's kind of the main focus, mm-hmm. and then we could see outside of London too, and kind of travel a little bit outside the the city itself. Maybe I mean, that I, that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah, maybe that's where we get like one of those. I don't know if it's a quite Airbnb, but actually, like rent a flat for mm-hmm. a chunk of the summer. Mm-hmm make it home base. And
0: I still want to do that with Poland though. That's, that would be my choice. We can first do
1: choice. one of the countries one year, yeah. the other one another <laughs> okay. year. Okay. We have time ahead of us. Why not?
0: Yes. Absolutely. Yes.
1: And if we do those things, when we do those things, we'll share all those experiences with you yes. as well. Yes. So that rounds out 10 fun things to do in London Thanks for listening to this one. If you're not subscribing to us yet, do take a minute to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite source for podcasts and catch our future episodes.
0: You can also subscribe to our travel stories and information on our website, theplaceswherewego.com. And it's also where you can subscribe to our newsletter for weekly travel news highlights curated for you by us. And
1: if you are subscribed... Thank you very much. And be sure you've added us to your email contacts so our newsletter doesn't end up in your spam folder.
0: Thanks for joining us on this podcast. Until next time, happy travels. And we hope to see you at the places where we go. Cheerio. If you have any comments or information to share with us about travel, you can write to us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com.
1: You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram as The Places Where We Go. You can find us on Twitter as The Places Where One, the number one. And you can watch our travel adventures on YouTube, where our channel name is The Places Where We Go.
0: Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at The Places Where We Go.
1: See you next time.
0: Bye now.